0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 127 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I'm Erica, and today we are going to talk all about the mindful in mindful movement. We're going to talk about three different ways we can look at that kind of mindful element, because I think sometimes when we think of mindfulness, we think of kind of one thing. So we're going to dive into that. Uh, We will talk about that in just one sec. Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. So, as I said, episode 127. So happy to have you here with me. And I actually wanted to start today by saying a big thank you, actually, because I've had a couple of people um, reach out in the last little while, just letting me know that they listen to the podcast. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, It's really funny having, you know, everything kind of, In this context of being like me just talking out into the world. Um, And so it is lovely, lovely, lovely to hear from you and to know that, you know, you are listening, that it's helpful um, and to know something about you too, because I can see that people are listening. I can see the download numbers, but I have no idea who anyone is. And so um, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, you know, I have nothing to say. I don't know why I'd reach out Um, just to say hello and to let me know you listen would um, be amazing. I um, truly beyond grateful for everybody who listens, for everybody who, um, you know, supports me to do this by tuning in. Um, so thank you. And I would love to hear from you. Um, so let's dive into today's episode. We're talking about the mindful in mindful movement. Um, <clears throat> I've talked, I think, before about how I don't very often call myself a yoga teacher, but it is probably the most um, succinct way to talk about what I do. The way that I actually think about what I do is more of more being a mindful movement coach. But I mean, no one knows what that is, right? So I don't really use that description. But that is what I would call myself if I had a choice. And um, and I mean, I do have a choice. I recognise that. But if I had, uh, if I could call myself anything and people would know what it meant, that's probably what I would call myself because I, you know, blend these modalities um, that I teach, the yoga, the somatics, the Pilates, um, a- into something that is kind of fairly unique. But the thing that underpins it is this idea of mindful movement. And when we think of mindfulness, I think that there is perhaps just a kind of like top level way of looking at or considering what mindfulness is and i think most of us and i and i could be making an assumption here and i and i am um so i, I apologize if this doesn't ring true for you but i think the general consensus around like what is mindfulness is a sense of presence a sense of being where you are and that is absolutely true but the topic of this this podcast episode is going to be looking at it in three different ways because that idea of being present that idea of being mindful can be very kind of like top level high level idea but we can pull it you know apart a little bit and get in a little bit deeper and think about this from a few different perspectives which i think is really helpful because sometimes what i've experienced for myself and what i what i love to support my clients to do as well is to kind of see things from a slightly different angle and to, to, I guess, kind of like peel our assumptions away or peel our um, kind of most external layer of understanding and kind of keep pulling it back and thinking, what else, what else, what else could I see? What else could I look at? Um, so we're going to do a little bit of that today. So let's talk about the mindful in mindful movement. I think the if we sort of think about the the most obvious part of this from a movement perspective is a present being present with what we actually are experiencing. And that sounds really simple. But is it? Really? <laughs> I don't think it always is. I think there's lots of reasons why we wouldn't want to be present with ourselves. Um these last couple of years have been a really good example. I saw one of my one of my good friends posted earlier um, on social media about how she hasn't read any fiction books for a really long time, because the level of attention and immersion required to sort of do that with with enjoyment for her wasn't available over the last couple of years because of that sort of hyper um, alertness around the news feed and you know kind of just that that. Um, reaction that we can have to big things going on in our world. And so she posted today about how she's um, read a book over the last couple of days. Cause she's finally found that she's got that level of attention um, and immersion that, that requires. And I totally related to that because I also haven't picked up a fiction book for a couple of years, which is very unusual for me. If you've ever seen a photo of my, um, any kind of pictures from inside my home, you'll know that I've got like a big um, set of bookshelves in my study where I'm recording this. I've got books everywhere. I love books so much. Um, I've still been reading, but it's been like non fiction stuff that I can dip in and out of. And I haven't had the attention span for fiction and i think this is really similar to sometimes the way that we can be with our body and with ourselves and with our movement is we're we're too you know there's too many other things happening there's or or maybe what's there for us to witness or there for us to feel or there for us to notice is uncomfortable right if we've had a level of um pain or tension or even any kind of trauma that involved our body, sometimes sitting with our physical self and noticing how we feel can be hard. It can be really confronting. And so there is that um, level, I suppose, of mindfulness being what, what is it that I'm feeling? What is it that I'm noticing? But also I think with that And this is still going to, I'm going to still make this number one, because I've got two other things to talk about. But within that idea, also an understanding of like, what am I willing to be with right now? Because I think sometimes we can only go surface level with ourselves. Sometimes that is all we have capacity for. And I think that that is okay. I, you know, it could be just the simple noticing, okay, I feel my bottom right now sitting on a chair. I notice that the chair feels warm. I notice that, um, you know, I can feel sort of the softness of my sleeve as I wave my arm around because I'm a bit of a hand talker and I can feel the way that's rubbing against my skin. So these are sort of more surface level things that we might notice that are still really valuable. It, it still connects us with now. It still brings us to this sort of presence of what is happening in this moment. And we could decide that that's enough Right That might be enough. That might be what we need today. or there could be that level, that additional level of kind of like a nuance of um, depth of what do I notice in terms of where am I holding tension? What do I notice in terms of you know, how does my um, left side feel relative to my right side? How do I? feel from an energetic point of view do I feel like I've got enough energy to go run a marathon do I feel like I literally just want to crawl back into bed and we can kind of keep going right like we can go as deep as we like or we can stay as surface level as we like and I guess with this first point what i what I really want to kind of make um what I want to open the door for I suppose for you to consider is that you get to choose and I think that part of the mindfulness of deciding you know or, or part of the mindfulness of being present to how we feel is that sort of next level of also understanding how do i feel about how do i how i feel you know like a bit meta here how do i feel about how i feel because if we are feeling um there are some days where you know i don't want to i don't want to dive in to my emotional stuff i don't i don't have the capacity to sit with it and there's other days where i feel like that's okay and i think that that is part of the mindfulness process when we're on the yoga mat, right? Or the Pilates mat or the whatever mat. Sometimes it will happen, you know, sometimes there'll be instances where we'll be like, oh, I'm noticing things I wish I didn't notice. And I think we have to be really patient and kind and compassionate with ourselves in those moments. I'm not suggesting that we ignore stuff. I'm not suggesting that we actively dismiss things or sweep them under the carpet, but, you know, allowing ourselves to be present to what makes sense for us to be present to at the moment. Okay, I had to actually hit pause there because I completely lost my train of thought. Um, but what I want to say there is, you know, this mindfulness too might bring up things for us to be like, okay, I need to take this to therapy. I need to take these ideas and all and, these challenges that I'm having meeting myself here or being mindful to these elements of myself and take them to therapy. Um, I think that that can be immensely useful. So that's kind of like the first way we might look at mindfulness is just allowing it to to bring us to where we are, right? And that might be in a very physical way, noticing sensation, that might be um, where we stop and that would be okay. Um, or it might be taking that deeper and deeper and using that level of um, awareness and curiosity to help us decide how we then move and how we show up to our practice of movement because sometimes what we'll notice when we become present to what we feel is that, oh, my plans for today were this, um, really gentle practice. And what I'm noticing about myself right now is that I actually have a lot of energy I'd like to shift. So maybe I'll do this and go for a brisk walk, or I'm going to add in that, that, you know, more vigorous movement that I didn't think I felt like doing, or, You know, I'm going to do that class that involves some strength training that I didn't feel like last week, but now makes sense for me. So it allows us to be in response to ourselves by being present to what is true. The second way that we might look at mindfulness is a mindfulness around our intention and what is actually driving us. And I like, I, and I, I'm excited about this one because I think this is a really interesting one that we maybe sometimes miss and it ties really deeply into this idea of self-kindness. So one of the things that we might be mindful mindful of when we practice is why are we doing what we're doing, right? Like, why are we showing up in the way that we're showing up? Why, did, why are we um, choosing that level of effort? And what I mean by that is, are we being driven by kindness towards ourselves and and meeting ourselves where we are or are we being driven by something else like guilt or shame or pressure or, um, you know, what we think we should be doing or what we think, you know, um, somebody else would be proud of us for doing or whatever, right? Like there could be so many different things there. So many stories that we have about the right way to do things or what we should be doing, blah, 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 blah. So... And mindfulness around that, I think, can be really quite transformative because if we are able to be present to that and be like, wow, I can see right now that I'm pushing myself to try to get deeper into this stretch or to try to do 20 more repetitions. But actually what I realize right now is that I'm doing it because I believe that I should and it actually doesn't feel good. That changes everything for us on the flip side of that, if we realize, wow, yeah, I'm doing this because it's moving me towards the way that I want to feel. Yes, this feels challenging, but the challenge is moving me towards what I want, right? It's not punishment. It's not a punishment because I feel like I should do X, Y, Z. It feels like a kindness towards myself. And we've talked about this before in the sense that, you know, self-kindness doesn't have one costume, right? It doesn't have one persona. It doesn't mean it, it does sort of have one persona, I suppose, but it doesn't have one outcome, right? It doesn't always mean we're going to do less. It doesn't always mean we have to do more. It is figuring out what we need based on how we are and how we feel, and what feels right in the moment. And it can change, right? And it does change. So taking that level of mindfulness to our practice asks us to be mindful of our intention and mindful of what is the motivation, what is the the driving force as we act, as we move. And that, I think, can be really interesting. And it can absolutely require a level of willingness to play too, because I think that sometimes, and this is true for me too, you know, everything that I talk about, it's not like I've got it all figured out and I'm like, well, now I'm just going to share everything that's worked forever. These are things that I play with on a daily basis, right? These are things that I'm, that I'm s- still living to. And I think um, it can be really interesting in those moments where you're like, yeah, I am acting out of guilt right now, or I am acting out of shame, or I am acting out of this desire to, um do that just because, you know, the person next to me is doing it. And then we get to choose. Okay. Well, am I going to keep doing that? Which is fine if that's our decision, but it allows us to bring a, a mindfulness to it, a presence to it. We get to choose. We don't have to just blindly, you know, continue to engage from that point from that, um, oh, my words are all gone today. <laughs> we don't have to continue to engage from that sort of blind spot, right? So I think that that is a really interesting way of looking at mindfulness in our movement practice too. So that was two. Number three is mindfulness, I guess, of the larger context in which we practice and in which we, you know, explore. I think that the first point we talked about, like that presence to how we feel is sort of a zooming in and we get to, to control how many, you know, how much we're zooming in. Like are we zooming in one times, two times, a hundred times? How many layers are we peeling back? But then there's a level of mindfulness that comes from zooming out as well um, and having a, a mindfulness around the bigger picture, the bigger context in which we practice. And that might be our individual bigger context. Like, okay, I want my practice to be sustainable until I'm 100 so within the context of this is a lifelong practice, how does what I'm doing now, how does how I'm choosing to show up today fit into that larger context? Because sometimes what we can do is if we lose sight of the bigger picture, we can sometimes start to, um, I guess, place more importance on on these little things that take up a lot of our headspace. So, you know, maybe you're guilting or, or shaming yourself into taking a walk today, when actually you feel awful and your energy is, is such that you're like the thought of leaving the house is just too much. Um, if this is going to be truly a sustainable practice until you're a hundred, you know, there's going to be days where, where you choose not to participate in that thing that you'd plant and that's okay. Consistency isn't rigid. Consistency is persistent, like we, you know, by its very nature, consistency obviously looks over the long term, but it's not rigid. And so this mindfulness around the bigger picture of like, I really, truly want to be doing this until I'm 100, right? Or whatever age, um, I think can sometimes allow us that little bit more grace and space and patience. And it's funny, whenever I talk about things like this, where it's sort of, you know, it's a kind of almost... in my head i'm like oh it sounds like you're just trying to give yourself a way to get off the hook constantly and that's interesting for me it's like okay why do i feel like that that's that's kind of fascinating um but in case that's sort of how you hear it as well i want to just remind you that you know like i said before this idea of self kindness not wearing one costume it doesn't always ask us to go in a certain direction it doesn't always ask us to do less and it doesn't always ask us to do more sometimes the self kind thing is going to be showing up in a way that we've never shown up before with a consistency that we haven't shown before. That isn't necessarily going to feel easy, right? But it's still kind. And then there's going to be other days where it's like, do not push yourself to go out for that walk or to get on your mat and do that thing, because it is just not going to, to, to meet you today. What would, right? So there's no like one way to look at this. It's got to, it's got to come with the nuance and, um, it doesn't make for as good a like clarity of thought process here as I speak. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning because sometimes, you know, maybe we think, oh, gosh, it just sounds like we're always trying to find ways to get ourselves off the hook or we're always trying to push ourselves and never give ourselves a break. Sometimes it's going to be one or the other, but it always comes from a place of kindness. And so some of those words are too harsh, even the way that I was just talking about it then. So, you know, that zooming out, and I think the zooming out, can also be a zooming out within sort of think, taking into consideration the culture in which we're all immersed, um, which will be different depending on where we live. And so, you know, this idea of push, this idea of um, being in a place where we are sort of feeling guilted and shamed into movement or exercise, that is not just a product of you, right? That is a product of our conditioning. That is a product of the world that we exist in. And so I think sometimes also having a mindfulness around that bigger context can be really helpful because we can look at it and we can go, oh yeah, I've actually been conditioned to believe that I have to punish myself for my exercise program to be worth it. Do I want to buy into that? Hmm. No. And so it takes a little bit of the, the self, um, Shame, I think, out of it a little bit of that because we because we're like okay, I've been told, like if we'd been told you know the sky no the sky is grey well that, sometimes it is grey in Melbourne here it's grey a lot the sky is pink we've been told for it. It's sometimes pink too isn't it what's a colour that the sky would never be like green orange no I can't even think oh my goodness anyway let's just pretend brown somebody's told you for your whole life the sky is brown the sky is brown the sky is brown you are not the only person then, or you are not the only, like if you go out there saying, well, the sky is brown, you're not going to be the sole reason why you have that false information, right? Because you've been told, you've grown up in a world where everybody told you that the sky is brown. So what I'm trying to say here is that if you are feeling that sense of pressure, that sense of um, needing to force yourself to do things that you don't want to do, recognize that part of that is, the conditioning that we have been exposed to, right? So this level of mindfulness kind of takes us off in a different direction, but this idea of zooming out to the bigger picture, I think can help us then zoom back in and be like, okay, I'm present to what is true for me now. And I, and I have a better ability and a greater capacity to put aside some of those bigger things that were never mine to hold, but are now my responsibility to start to unpick for myself and unpack. So, I hope that's helpful. Let's go quickly over those three again. So we talked about mindfulness as being a presence with ourselves and how we feel mindfulness of our intention and like what is driving us. And then mindfulness that asks us to sort of zoom out to our bigger picture and our sustainability picture as a, someone who wants to move until they're old. Um, as well as that mindfulness of the bigger picture in which we have been conditioned and, um, and exist. And I think that all of those just offer us, you know, a little bit of a different way of considering mindfulness and different places to, to hang out and different places to play and different things to consider. And I think they all feed each other in a really interesting way as well. So I hope that that is helpful. I thought this would be a 10 minute episode and we're creeping up to 23 minutes at this point, but I hope that that is um, some fun food for thought. I love picking these sorts of things apart and just sort of coming at them from different angles because I think it gives us more space to, you know, ask interesting questions that help us to see things from different perspectives And help us to see ourselves from different perspectives too, and our practice and how movement fits in, in the bigger picture for us as well. So I'll leave it at that. As I said in the um, beginning of this episode, though, you know, I would love to hear from you. I would absolutely love it. I saw a different post from a friend um, or someone that I follow over um, overseas who was talking about, you know people feeling reluctant, I suppose, to engage with people who they don't actually know, but they consume their content. And I thought about this and I thought, oh, I hope you all know that I love hearing from you, um, even if you have nothing to say, you know, like even if it's just literally, hello, I listen and thank you. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, but, you know, if you feel like dropping me a line and, and telling me a little bit about yourself, I would love to hear from it, from, from you. I would love to hear it from you. Um, and if you have any requests for topics that we can dive into things that you want to explore, even guests that you'd like to hear from, please do let me know. Um, you will find me over on Instagram. That's usually the best place to find me. I'm at Erica web yoga over there, or you can send me an email. Erica at Erica All right. Until next week, keep being kind to yourself and I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Web Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. And over on my website, you'll find access to some free resources, including free classes that will help you to move well, feel well, and most importantly, move with kindness. Over there, you'll also find more information about joining me inside the Mindful Movement Virtual Studio, which is my home of kind movement, yoga, Pilates, and somatics to help you move well, feel well, and all with kindness. Until next time, I hope you're having a great day. I'll talk to you again soon.